Here's an interesting and mind-blowing fact to begin our journey into the podcast and through time today. We are closer to the time of Jesus than Jesus was to the time in which the pyramids were built. And here's the exciting part. We're going to span all of it today. We're going to do everything from quote the Egyptians, the Bible, and even include a couple of quotes from modern people as well, all on the way to answering the question, who wants to be a prostitute? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. Look, in the history of the world, there are very few people who single-handedly change the thinking of the world. Those people, as rare and influential as they are, often have their names added to a list such as the 100 most influential thinkers of the 20th century. Now, that kind of list has some inherent flaws. I get it. But still, if you make the list, it places you in the midst of people like Albert Einstein, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr., and the Wright brothers. I want to begin today by talking about another person who has earned a spot on that list. Well, and in my opinion, absolutely deserves to be there. And her name is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Now, in 1969, Dr. Kubler-Ross, a Swiss-American psychiatrist, published a book with the cheery title called On Death and Dying. But what the book lacked in title appeal, it absolutely made up for in content. Dr. Kubler-Ross proposed that there are five psychological stages of dying. A person doesn't necessarily go through them in order, nor only once, but in general, they are the various phases of dying. The response to her research, to her book, was huge. The world of psychiatry, psychology, medicine, social work, well, and religious leaders, they all took notice. Matter of fact, it even quickly became part of popular culture. Remember the movie, All That Jazz? Um, no. Oh, yeah, you might not. But it starred Roy Scheider, who also starred in The French Connection, and probably his most famous role of his entire work was his part in the movie Jaws. Now, All That Jazz released in 1979 to enormous critical acclaim. How much, you ask? Um, did I? Oh, yeah, you did. It was nominated for eight Academy Awards, and it won four of those. And that movie has a scene in which Kubler-Ross's theory plays a rather prominent role. Roy Scheider's character is a director of both movies and theater, and he's in the film editing process in this particular scene. He's watching a reel of a comedian in a nightclub. So this clip I'm about to play is actually a recording, kind of of a recording that's being watched in the film editing room. There's a lady in Chicago, man, wrote a book, Dr. Kubler-Ross with a dash. This chick, man, without the benefit of dying herself, has broken the process of death into five stages. Anger, denial, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Sounds like a Jewish law firm. <laughs> Morning, anger, denial, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Anger. Now, why did I tell you all of this? Well, for two reasons. First, I'm a huge fan, and I want you to know I'm a huge fan because it's going to be important later on because I'm going to disagree with something she said. I went through seminary at a time when everyone I know was reading or had already read her book, and it wasn't one of those books that you read and then, well, interestingly, everybody debated the truth of it. 
No, nobody debated the truth of the book. I think everyone accepted it as accurate pretty much as soon as it was published. And that, in and of itself, is pretty darn remarkable and says a lot about her research. Second, I'm going to really begin today with a quote from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. It's another one of those that I encountered on social media, and as soon as I saw it, well, saw that it was a quote by her, I was genuinely interested. Again, I'm a big fan. The same way I would see a quote from Martin Luther King and immediately stop and read it. So here's the quote that I stumbled across. It's very important that you do only what you love to do. You may be poor. You may go hungry. You may lose your car. You may have to move into a shabby place to live, but you will totally live. At the end of your days, you will bless your life because you have done what you came here to do. Otherwise, you will live your life as a prostitute. You will do things only for a reason, to please other people, and you will never have lived, and you will not have a pleasant death. Oh, no. That ended on a rather ominous and unhappy note. I have all too often heard people offer their opinion as to how poor people are more real than people with resources. This is garbage. It's wrong. And it actually really makes me angry when people say it. Really? Because you hide it so well. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. So let's move on to the more important point of the quote. And that is, and this is the point I'm going to quote directly. I'm going to read her words again because I don't want to infer anything that isn't intended. Here's the quote. It is very important that you only do what you love to do. Okay, let me say, this is neo-modern crap. Oh, you are fired up today, aren't you? As anyone who knows me well will tell you, I love kids. Matter of fact, as my wife loves to tell anyone who will stop and listen to the story, very shortly after we got married, I told her that I wanted to have kids as soon as possible. Why? Well, because I wanted to have little kids of our own to play with, but also I was already planning to have grandkids, and I wanted to have them early enough, our kids early enough, that I would still be young enough to play with our grandkids as well. And, just as an aside, being a parent and a grandparent has been every bit as wonderful as I dreamed it would be back then. But, also, I can't tell you how many diapers I changed that were filled with nothing short of toxic sludge. One man's toxic sludge is another man's potpourri. Uh, no, not in this case. Love that quote from Jim Carrey, though, in The Grinch. Look, my point here is I didn't want to change those diapers. I mean, I changed them, but I sure didn't do it because I loved it. I hated it. I did it because, well, that's life. And I wanted to have kids, and that's kind of part of the package, doing something you don't want to do. So I don't get to be a parent and say, well, living an honest, true, and well-balanced life means only doing the things I love. So I'm not going to be changing diapers, cleaning up vomit, waking up at 3 a.m. to comfort a kid who had a nightmare, and attending an elementary school band concert. Oh, those may have been the worst. Now, as some might say, wait, Dan, you're twisting the words. You love your child, so that comes under the umbrella of doing things you love. But am I? I don't think that I am here. The quote from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross doesn't say anything about that. Matter of fact, she seems to imply that if you do stuff that you don't like to get by, to survive, or to get things that you like, you are... Oh, yeah, what was... 
Yeah, what was the word that oh, she used? I believe she said you were a prostitute. Oh, that's right. If you sell out and do what you don't like as a means towards another end or pleasing somebody else, then you're just a prostitute. Now, wait. Just for the sake of argument, wasn't she talking about doing something to please other people rather than yourself? You mean like changing a child's diaper? Oh. Now, across the years of my ministry, I've a couple of times heard women who used to be prostitutes speak at programs that I've attended. And one of the consistent elements of their life stories is that the truth is they didn't have much choice. So what I get out of Kubler-Ross's quote is a privileged person who had the option of choice and exercised that option in her life. Now looking down at people who potentially didn't have choice as an option, well, as being prostitutes. And actually that word in this quote is really what triggered me when I read it and what drove me to do this podcast episode. Because when I read her quote, this is what I understood her to say. This is the only way to live with integrity. And if you don't live by the way that I think you should, then you're a prostitute. Oh, and just to add on to that, and you're going to die a miserable death. Wow, no judgment there at all. And um, perhaps now a change of direction, of subject. So what do you recommend? What is your solution as to how we should live if that's not the right way? Well, I'm glad you asked. We started this podcast by quoting Elizabeth Kubler-Ross via a movie. So let's head back into the theater for another movie. Oh, good. And we will keep with the theme. Since we started with a book about death and dying, we will finish with a movie on the same subject. Oh, bother. No, no, this one's more upbeat and stars two of the biggest actors of our time, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman in the movie the bucket list. In brief, it's a movie about a blue-collar mechanic played by Morgan Freeman and a billionaire played by Jack Nicholson. Now, I'm going to give you a synopsis using their real names. Please don't write me emails about this. I know there's a difference between them and their characters. I just think doing it this way is a lot easier than switching back and forth between their real names and character names. Anyway, both of them are diagnosed with terminal lung cancer at the same hospital, I guess at the same time, and they strike up a friendship. Morgan Freeman has a bucket list of things he'd like to do before he dies, but after having the doctors tell him, after he discovers that he has only a year to live, he realizes, yeah, it's probably not in the cards for me to begin to try to check off things on this bucket list. Jack Nicholson finds the discarded list and offers to finance the trip, and they can do it together. Look, there's a lot going on in this movie, but the most important transformative scene, in my opinion, in the movie happens at the top, they have climbed up it, of the Great Pyramid of Giza. And they have a conversation in which kind of they really reveal themselves to each other for the first time. Now, let me say Morgan Freeman's character is very well-read and knowledgeable about, you know, history stuff. And he offers this religious historical tidbit as they look down from their place atop the pyramid. You know, the ancient Egyptians had a beautiful belief about death. When their souls got to the entrance to heaven, the gods asked them two questions. Their answers determined whether they were admitted or not. Okay. Bite. What were they? Have you found joy in your life? Uh-huh. Has your life brought joy to others? 
This is just one of those iconic scenes from a movie for me. I absolutely love this scene. I don't think you'll find much in the Bible to support the idea that life is about you doing what you want to do. The problem with Kubler-Ross's quote is that it phrases things in such a way as to making your job in life somehow to mold life into being about doing, well, things that you want to do. And I think the reality is healthier if you and I work at finding the joy that life presents rather than assuming that it will only come if we work to produce it. Also, Kubler-Ross's quote leaves me feeling like my job is to take care of me and nobody else. It feels lonely. Very lonely. Look, I know that there are some Christians listening or watching who will feel uncomfortable that I'm talking about an ancient non-Christian faith. But if you are a Christian, I think the idea of bringing joy into the life of others is very much the kind of thing that we find in the Bible and very much the kind of thing that Jesus wanted us to get out of his teachings. Rather than the alternative, which in our earlier quote, Kubler-Ross and much of society wants us to believe is the real goal of a healthy life, that you take care of yourself in life. So let's look at a Bible quote from Philippians, second chapter. Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus Christ. Look, in Christianity, we believe that Jesus offers his joy into the world and then asks his followers to do something very specific. Share that joy with others. Jesus offers a very specific vision as to what his kingdom on earth will look like. People filled with joy who put the joy of others above their own. Morgan Freeman's character is quoting the belief of an ancient Egyptian faith. But interestingly, I think this is pretty much in line with things that Jesus taught as well. That's all for today. Perhaps the point to be learned here is not that we need a bucket list of things to do before we die, but instead a daily bucket list of things to do well before the end of each day. Some things will be added, some will be dropped from one day to the next, but I think it would be great goal to have two things on our daily bucket list every single day. Today, I will seek to find joy in my life, and I will endeavor to bring joy into someone else's life as well. So what do you think? Perhaps you think I'm wrong and Dr. Kubler-Ross was right. Perhaps you think I'm wrong about what Jesus expected. Perhaps you agree with it all. Let me know. I love to hear from you. You can send me an email or jump over to YouTube and leave me a comment below the video version of this episode. Also, please share with me something you'd like to have covered in future podcasts. My email address is dan at skypilot.zone. And as always, I would love to hear from you. And on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for joining us here today and being part of the SkyPilot Faith Quest community. This is a great place to ask questions you wouldn't feel comfortable or safe asking in other places. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.